Hey, welcome back to the podcast, One Man, One Tree in the Hill. I'm your host, two-time wrestling champion, stand-up comedian, Jared Waters. Uh, we hope all is well. We are on our 100th day of the quarantine, ladies and gentlemen. We're on day 100 of the quarantine. It's uh, it's challenging. It's challenging for everybody. New York City, wherever you guys are in the world, I'm in New York City. We are on phase two. Phase two is where we can have semi semi big gatherings, maybe like up to 30 people. You know, as there, you know, COVID's out there. New York City, or the state of New York, excuse me, has been hit the worst with 100,000 deaths. Pretty well, I think almost more than World War II, what's going on right now in society. And now my great state of Florida, uh, they had a spike in like 5,000 people tested positively for COVID. And, you know, the, the, governor of New, the governor of New York pretty much said that if you're coming from Florida, you have to do a 14-day mandatory quarantine. And Florida, Florida's a different state because we got all the we got all like the rejects from every other state that were running away from COVID. And they came down to Florida and pretty much brought the disease because it came during spring break and stuff. But uh, you know, prayers up to my people in Florida. Hopefully, everybody stays safe. Yesterday was first time in months, two months, two or three months. We did a comedy show. We did uh, Sky P.D. Diabru and his eyes, uh, his. his uh, his uh, production team is called uh, Legendary. They did at Queens Brewery. It was cool seeing comics get up and do stand-up again. Some comedians do stand-up via Zoom. It's just the new the new normal, what's going on right now. So it's good seeing people outside, seeing people rusty. But more of the crowd was just happy to be outside. Just people randomly hugging and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I think it's... It's it's eventually going to open up, but whoever, wherever you guys are, if the rules are wear the mask, just wear the freaking mask. It's not that freaking hard. There's so many designs of masks now. If it's going to keep you safe, it's going to keep you safe. So many conspiracy theorists are just like, I had COVID in December. I had COVID in November. I had COVID then. And other people getting the test. Whenever you had it, if you didn't have it, I know plenty of people that have had COVID-19. And trust me, it's not freaking, it's, it's nothing to be played with. Uh, one of my old co-workers, she and her baby and her husband had it all at one time. They lost a sense of taste. Uh, my dear friend Stephen Hennison, his father passed away through COVID, and that rocked everybody pretty hard. Um, I've, I've known my man Stephen since I was in college. We met in 2006, and I was the first person I met his dad before him, and when I came to New York, we would always just Thanksgivings at his place, Christmases. And when I, t- I called his mom, called his mom and spoke to his mother. I spoke to Steve, I checked in on him, spoke to his mother, and she said the most illest thing I ever heard. She goes, I'm going to miss my husband, and what I'm going to miss now is the nighttime because that's when we would sit together and play cards and watch TV. And they're in their 60s, and that's love, you know what I mean? To grow old with somebody and to see kids and see your grandkids and see your legacy. And then the virus comes and you die in a hospital alone. That's freaking, that's effing sad, you know. It's freaking sad. But, you know, prayers up to everybody going through stuff. Uh, we just continue to support, support the people, what's, what's, what's going on. Uh, right now in society, we are being, a lot of companies are being reactive instead of proactive to what's going on. If you weren't aware, it's a series of events that have happening And I, I try to look at the positive of life and the positive of why things are happening. So this pandemic has made the whole world pretty much freeze. The economy's frozen. You know, the world is pretty much frozen. And a lot of people from other races are seeing 
a magnifying glass into the problems that are in society. So before it was Ahmad Arbery, he was he was killed by his neighbors as he was jogging his neighborhood. They thought he was stealing. He wasn't, and these these people in these neighborhoods thought they would become vigilantes, and they chased him down, put a pretty pretty much a shotgun and shot him. And the guy driving the car, this freaking platypus, was trailing, trying to like hit him from behind. So these, when I say idiots, I mean idiots because they thought that they did the right thing, that they released the video to to prove their innocence, which proved their guiltiness. So now they're hit with eight counts, eight counts of uh, murder, and I pray that they get what's coming to them, not not punishment, but I pray they get the they go to jail. You know, if you kill somebody and you're not. You shouldn't. You shouldn't be able to just skate away with it. So a lot of people felt like you know it's time to defund the police. Uh, I don't. I'm. I'm still researching it. I'm not going to come out and say anything else. But I do believe that some money that the police gets should be inside like education or to be like community outreach programs and stuff. So that was Ahmad Albury. Then came Breonna Taylor. Breonna Taylor uh, was murdered in her home in her own home. What happened was the police were looking for were looking for a drug dealer, and they said the drug dealer got mail from her house, but the mailman said he never dropped mail at her house. They did a no-knock warrant, and they came in guns blasting and killed her, and she was an essential worker. And her boyfriend at the time, he shot back at the police because he has a, a permission to hold a, a gun. So they arrest him, and this is how effed up the situation is because the cops that killed her, they have not been arrested yet they're still roaming the streets some of them are like fired from like desk duty or maybe but they haven't been they haven't been uh arrested for murder and if you think about it like this this is how you know the cops try to cover up something when they killed her killed brianna taylor god bless the dead they asked her mother does she have any enemies do she do you know any enemies like what enemies would she have she wakes up as an emt trying to help other people so, and the thing about Brianna, why she didn't get as big, why sometimes she gets, her name is getting kind of like swept underneath a little bit until this happened, because there's no video evidence. And when there's no video evidence, people have the, don't believe us a lot of things. So, and then comes George Floyd. We talked about this a couple episodes ago. George Floyd was on video. He was killed for eight minutes. There's other videos now where you can watch him to see they pick up his lifeless body. And sometimes he was the fuse that lit a lot of these problems that happened. So a lot of people are starting to realize from other races, like, wow, you had to watch a dude be killed for eight minutes for you to understand, oh, maybe there's a problem in this neighborhood. So now all these companies are being reactive to what's going on. Like, hey, Starbucks, <laughs> I support black lives. So everyone's trying to be reactive instead of being proactive and saying, like, oh, people should not be treated this way. So especially on the job, now you have companies like now on our job, my job is being proactive and reactive meaning that we're being proactive, like we're having conversations that are uncomfortable. You know, I teach kindergarten, you know, when I'm not doing stand-up comedy and talking to teachers. A lot of teachers are just freaking scared. They don't know how to talk to black kids about what's going on. They feel like they're going to say the wrong thing. And they're asking me questions, which is okay, and I have no problem, you know, I have no problem being neutral to explain a point. And I've told some of my colleagues and coworkers, I was like, if you ever look at the protests, the people who are at these protests are not just all black people. There are people from other races, other genders, other other groups. Freaking, they had Quakers putting up there, and Quakers, and uh, I forgot those people, the people that uh, 
the Amish. Amish, they don't even got cell phones, and they heard of it. So I'm saying that the, the, all these people pulling up and helping and like marching and showing solidarity are people who grew up with black people. You grew up with other cultures and other religions and other creeds. So as a teacher, you should have no problem speaking to especially children about race because they're going to be the ones to change it. My friend uh, Luis, he's been uh, he's, he started marching inside the, the protest going on in New York. And now he is one of the leaders at the protest. When you see him, he's the one speaking, and he <laughs> educated himself. He said last night when we were talking, he met a 75-year-old black woman, and she's marching, you know, and he asked her. She's at her own pace, and he asked her why she's out here. And she goes, I've been doing this for 50 years. That's crazy, right? For 50 years, she's been marching for the same issue and the same resolve. Like, if you think about, like, Richard Pryor, Pryor was talking about this in the 70s, about police brutality. So it's just like <laughs> people have been saying it, but people sometimes when you are entertained, you're laughing, but there's so much truth being entertained. We're going to go to, let's listen to this. This is Richard Pryor in the 70s talking about the police. Here we go. See, white folks get a ticket, they pull over. Hey, officer, yes, glad to be of help. <laughs> Nigga got to be talking about, I am reaching into my pocket for my license. It's not like he's not lying, you know. It's just like there's just different rules for different people. And and I say that the reason why it's good to be proactive and reactive is because the reactive response for me, like I'm glad that my my job at the time had these conversations because I had to be reactive to myself and realize that I should not be numb to what's going on. I should not be numb. For a while I was kind of numb because I was like, this happens all the time. If you're from the South, you know, police officers F you up, everything else, until I realized, like, there's no reason why black people should be introduced to the police officers at a young age as in, stop, here comes the cops. Instead of other people in different races, like, oh, there goes Officer Bill. Officer Bill? Yeah, Officer Bill. He's our neighbor. That should be it. Like, your first introduction to the police should not be, like, I'm calling the police because you did something wrong, or I'm going to call the police on you, instead of just saying, hey, the police should be a friendly neighbor, like freaking Spider-Man. It should be a friendly encounter because these are the people that are supposed to keep you safe. <laughs> Excuse me. So we're we're being proactive and reactive. I'm reactive. We're being proactive. I'm kind of curious. I'm not curious, but I was kind of shocked that the people in my world that had no idea that black people were treated this way, and they didn't understand that sometimes you have to step out of your comfort zone as a black person and let people know the real. My coworker goes, oh, Jared, you're, you're just so wild. I was like, I'm not really wild. I said, the reason why I smile and the reason why a lot of black people laugh all the time is because we try to we try to, de- we try to humanize ourselves and be like, not caricatures, but we try to be, show you an alter side of us so you don't think that we're aggressive, so you don't think that we're mean. Because if I'm not smiling, you might think something's up with me. And nothing might not be up. This might just be my natural look. I have a big beard. You know, I'm a stocky body. If you see me, you probably think something's up. But since I'm so pleasant to be around, you have turned into allies. Like, Jared would never do that. Clearly, I wouldn't. But if you don't know me and I happen to be walking my dog in a park and someone says somebody attacked me, my character would have to speak to that. (laughs) So it's good. Sometimes I think that we as a people are being distracted by things that don't matter. You know, it's like we're still waiting for the cops to be arrested 
for killing Breonna Taylor, and then everything else is happening. Like, oh, oh, we are switching characters. I'm gonna give. It's like it's like different white guilt is happening, and I understand. I get it. My my reference is if you don't know, there's a show called Big Mouth. Big Mouth is on Netflix. Very funny show. Nick Crow, John Mulaney. And they decided this girl, her, not this girl, this actress, Jenny Slate, she plays Missy. Missy is the biracial character. And she goes, I'm not going to play any black characters anymore because there's perfectly black actors that could take this role. And I commend her for that, which is nice. We didn't really ask for it, but I was like, yeah, all right, cool. You know, I think that a young, young black actor could take these roles. So it's good that people are being reactive. Like, they're being reactive, but this actress, like, I'm being proactive, and I'm going to give an opportunity to a person of color, to a black person, to voice these roles, which is cool. The thing that hit me, though, that was was Mike Henry. He plays Cleveland off the Family Guy. F, that hit me. Because the whole fun fun, fun part of Cleveland is all the fans from Family Guy know he's not black, and all of his jokes are funny because he's not black. So, like, there'll be, like, episodes in the Cleveland show. That's canceled, but it'll be like, you better respect your. You better respect me as a black man. You don't know how hard it is, and they're looking. I'm like, what? He goes, what, man? I can say it right. Or Cleveland, Cleveland's just a lovable character. Hey, y'all, it's Cleveland. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm from Montgomery, Virginia. I can't do the verse well, but uh, proactive, you know. Shout out to Mike Henry. Family Guy might be a little different without his voice, but he voices other other characters, you know. And uh, I find it interesting that that we are in society that people are picking and choosing what can happen. So and a lot of people are being educated. We had our first Juneteenth. Juneteenth is really the Southern holiday, if you're not aware. It's about slaves in Texas getting the news that the Civil War ended and they were free through the uh, emancipation of Dr. Emancipation Proclamation. I'm speeding up. So what happened is, is uh, when these slaves in Texas, they had all these slaves. Pretty much what happened during the Civil War, everyone sent their slaves down to Texas, you know, because of the Civil War to, like, stock up and make crops and harvest, right? So, matter of fact, you know what? I'll give a better way. We're going to kick it to the roots, and the roots are going to be doing, listen to this song. This perfectly describes Juneteenth. Here we go. ship arrived on June 19th, 1865 and announced we were free. That's why we celebrate Juneteenth. I am a slave and the home of the brave, a product of the triangular trade. Please pardon my ways if I'm nervous or the slightest bit skittish. In the presence of the Portuguese, Spanish, Dutch, or British, they kept me in colonial chains. Tell me how to persuade them to chill or to save me. Still, 
Yeah, so that's the roots that explained it perfectly. So pretty much it took two years after after it was time for black people to be free, and they're like, black people, we need one more last harvest. And it's cool that other people now from different races are celebrating Juneteenth because we celebrate Independence Day from Americans being free from Britain, but there were black Americans who weren't free. Then again, you think about they were Native Americans who owned slaves too. So the question I always ask myself and I ask God, I was just like, man, why why are the darkest people on earth the most persecuted people? There's like every country you go to, the lowest class people are the darkest people, you know? Even in India, the the worst people are the, the darkest people. In, in different Arab countries, the blackest people, they have the black stereotypes, the big lips, they have everything else. So, and that's why I'm grateful that this Generation Z and the millennials are, like, putting an end to this. You know, we're putting an end to, like, racism. We're trying. I think that it's crazy that we have so many old people in office who are stuck in their own ways and stuff like that, and they have their own biases. Uh, but, you know, we can only hope day by day, step by step, day by day, step by step, day by day, zip by road to the people we can day. People we go, stumble we stay, we'll make it better, second time around, boom, 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 that was step by step theme song, okay, so other news that's happening inside the world, if you if you did not know, uh, is that a lot of people are going into celebrities' past and canceling them, they're trying to cancel people for what they said, uh, the trend was to cancel Cardi B because uh, she was knocking dudes out and taking their money, which that's what she rapped about. So why are we surprised? And it's crazy that a lot of liberal people are, are attacking the president, right? Say how you want about President Trump. It's president Trump's Twitter is very wild. He says a lot of wild stuff. Shoot, lice, shoot Lysol inside stuff. But I think the only good thing about President Trump is I personally, it's my personal belief, I don't think Donald Trump I don't even I don't think he gives an F about Republicans and I don't think he gives an F about anything. You know, I think he's just whatever is in office now if the if the Senate turned blue, I think he would be blue too. I'm like, "Okay, let's pass these bills. Let's make the Republicans the this." You know, I just think he's a capitalist of the moment. You know, he took advantage of an opportunity and he spoke to a group of people who weren't heard yet and took over. So he was about to plan his the Republican convention and all the TikTokers and K-pop fans bought all the tickets so the stadium was empty. But he made sure he delayed it after the the holiday in Oklahoma City in Tulsa. If you don't know about Black Wall Street, what happened was black people back in the day in, I think it's before World War II. I think it was during World War II. I'm going to make sure. So it was in 1921. 1921 was this before World War II, I think after World War I were these group of black people, because one of my coworkers asked, like, why don't just black people just have their own land? And I was trying to tell us, like, they did have so many land, but people destroyed it because black people were thriving. So in Tulsa, Oklahoma, there were black billionaires, black businesses. There's, like, a whole section where black people ran the town, and there's a lot of poor other people, and they came and burned it to the ground, killed all these black people, rich black people that had generated wealth. Central Park in New York City used to be this thriving black community, and people got together and realized, like, Nah, let's destroy it and put a park there. So, okay, so, which makes me bring to the fact, so Donald Trump delays the day, President Trump delays the day to do the 
Republican National Convention. And what's funny and ironic is that everyone who's canceling each other when we're digging up passes, Donald Trump's son, Donald Jr., is a whole lot wilder than him. And it's kind of funny because he's exposing the people who are so left that he's what they did. Like Howard Stern showed up dressed up in blackface and said the N-word like maybe 30,000 times, right? And he has a problem with his past being dug up. And all these kids are trying to cancel people for what they said in the past. And I think that sometimes with people, we don't expect people to grow. You know, I was talking to one of my friends, and it's like, I had to grow. Like, when I grew up or when I moved to the Netherlands, moved to Tokyo, I was around people from different cultures and different um, sexual identities. And I had to understand that there's certain things that I had to educate myself to. And I'm proud that the person I am now is completely different than the person I was 11 years ago or 15 years ago. So there, Jimmy Kimmel uh, was rapping the N-word, uh, pretending to be doing a Snoop Dogg impression, right? So it's like a lot of stuff comics do back in the day that was not as PC. So they're trying to dig up the past. I get that. But the funniest thing is that they're trying to cancel Robert Downey Jr. for wearing blackface, but they don't understand Robert Downey Jr., the whole point of that character in Tropic Thunder was to make fun of actors who dress up in blackface to understand black people. So it's just like you're trying to cancel a joke of being canceled, which is a joke. Pretty much what we're saying is, look, I'm a dude described as another dude, trying to be another dude as another dude, pretty much. And uh, I honestly think I don't want to put the bad energy out. I, that person, I'm a betting man. I've been saying that uh, President Trump's going to win by a lot this time. I think he's not going to win the Senate. I think the Senate's going to go blue. I think the House of Representatives will go blue, and then he'll s switch over and just like whatever he wants to pass a bill, he'll he'll do it with that. I think that Joe Biden won't win because Joe Biden just talks a lot. Just nobody. I think he's the perfect person to run against him, but Joe Biden is just – people just don't like him. I don't know what it is, but he just doesn't – he just – Joe Biden looks like he has no confidence. It looks like he looks in the mirror – and when he looks in the mirror, he calls himself Papa Joe. You know, you got this, Papa Joe. Come on, Big Joe. Come on, Jojo. He calls himself Mojo Jojo. It just looks like he's waiting for the president to make a mistake. But I think that people are so used to this craziness, they're just going to stay in the craziness because we're like, we'd rather have him in there than Joe's about to be 78 years old. That's, a, that's, like, <laughs> that's crazy that we have so many old people in office making decisions for younger people, and they don't understand how the world is changing. <laughs> Other news, uh, Gator, if you don't know people in Florida, state of Florida, my friend, she goes to, she's a uh, University of Florida alumni, and they've decided to stop using the term Gator Bait, and she's upset, like, I don't get it, a black dude created this phrase, Gator Bait, it's what we chant at the football games, but if you didn't know, the term Gator Bait came from what they used to hunt down south. Down south, they used to hunt alligators. And what they did was they would go to the zoos and they would go to places to hunt alligators and grab little black babies, little babies that couldn't walk yet, like toddlers, before they become toddlers, and throw them not in the water but to the bay of the water to get the alligator to come out. And the baby would scream and the baby couldn't move like that. And when the alligator bit onto the baby and had the baby locked in his jaws, that's how they hunted the alligators and captured the alligators. So the term gator bait came from black babies being used as bait. It's be like, well, we had no idea. I was like, well, that's why they're educating you and saying that. So I think that, you know, right now the world's being, some people being proactive and some people are being reactive. Like now there's L'Oreal that's saying, like, we're not going to use whitening products. We're going to call it something else. Like, get the, get the F out of here.
So many people are worried about being canceled. They're canceling themselves. You know? And uh, I'll, I'll wrap this up. So this is... Uh, it's a good. It's a. It's it's pretty cool. This is my last week of school, like teaching. I want to teach summer school. You know, it's cool teaching Zoom. Zoom is actually the best thing that's happened to teaching. You know, because now, especially with the little ones, parents are in the classrooms and actually can help their chill children. So we had to have our kindergarten graduation. It was. Uh, it's cool because they're the students who didn't show up to class at all, and their parents are like, "Hey, uh, when's graduation?" I was like, "Hey, uh, check your email. <laughs> hey, do that there." I'm checking my email, and I see that, oh, yeah, you sent it eight times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back up, back up, and reread your stuff, and <laughs> join in. But it was cool, man. This whole year has been a great year, and uh, I'm thankful for the team that I had. Like when I think so much of teaching depends on the people that you work with. And honestly, just a great time working. Our head of school was great. God willing that I met my head of school, head of school excuse me, in Israel, freaking four years ago and now she's my freaking boss which is amazing like who knows who you cross paths with you know and uh, my kindergarten team was amazing you had two young teachers not young but two new teachers Alia and Zoe and these gals are just freaking shake and bake Ricky Bobby and whatever this perfect team is just we mesh together and then we have my dear friend Carly and Carly straight from Chicago west side of Chicago killer 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 tigger pull a trigger and uh, it was like a great team. We all meshed together. And it's just sometimes like when you're a unit, work is so much easier when you just trust the people you work with and you just cancel all the negativity. So that was that was just a good year. Good year wrapped up. I'm glad that it's over. Will school be the same or normal? No, I don't. I, I don't know what it's going to be. But I'm glad, that I, I'm glad that I'm in this position. I'm glad this pandemic has happened because now – People get a chance to sit with their families. People get a chance to, you know, take that time that they never had to just relax and chill. And I'm grateful that I have a job that, you know, kept me employed during the pandemic. You know, as a stand-up comic, I was just about to leave teaching. I was about to hop into stand-up full-time. I was about to, I had everything planned. And this happened. God, like, kind of reset me. And it made me analyze myself. I was talking to someone last night at the, we had this, uh, like, the, the comedy show, and this, she she does, like, book design, and she said, like, during this pandemic, I stopped chasing the hustle, and the hustle started chasing me, and I was like, what do you mean? She goes, now I'm putting in perspective what's important in life, and I got that, so I was reflecting on this, reflecting on this podcast, because right now, we're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good with numbers, so like, subscribe, rate when you get it, but a lot of people just been listening and saying they enjoy the interviews and enjoy where we're going with it. And I was talking to my friend Garrett, G O to the D-I-E, Garrett uh, McCall. is pretty much our associate producer. He does the beats. He does the intro to the podcast. And he said the best way people can learn about you, Jared, is when you bring people from your life on the podcast that have known you from a particular time in your life. And I was like, you're right. So what I've been doing is these next episodes we've got coming up, I got an episode with my friend J.J. Donahue. Uh, I met him in the Netherlands. He's a Canadian, lives in Taiwan. Uh, if you ever get a chance, go back and listen to our Carla episode. We're talking about faith. She had five brain surgeries, and she's just a, a living example of what God can do and change your circumstance. Uh, my dear friend Adrian Hughes Stockwell, uh, I met her pff, freaking 18 years ago in Tokyo. We talk about, I, I can't, I'm not going to give you everything, but we had a great conversation. Uh, my dear friend Sarah B, Sarah B, she's coming onto the podcast. We're talking about growing up in an Orthodox 
growing up as in an Orthodox religion. Uh, Stefan Hightower, we're talking about family and relationships. So we got a lot of good things coming up. I just wanted, as a podcast, to take the time and not be the person to just flood you with what's going on instead of just letting people take time to really just process what's going on with the world. You know, there's still people being killed by the police. There's still people living through a pandemic. There's still people that are struggling out here. But at the same time, there's still people out there like, yo, Jared, come on, let's put this podcast out. We we want something. I was like, F it. You want it? You got it. You want it? You got it. I don't know if that was a song or not. But ladies and gentlemen, this is the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. I'm just going to say, love somebody. Love somebody. Be nice. If there's a person that you haven't contacted in a long time and they come across your mind, reach out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Say, hey, how are you? Hey, I miss you. You know what I mean? So many times I miss some of my friends that have passed away that I can't say that anymore. And I'm glad that I said it to them now. So reach out to somebody. Tell them that you miss them. Tell them that you love them. Tell them, hey, I'm, I'm praying for you. I hope all is well. How are your kids? How's everything else? Oh, frig. I didn't. Big announcement for me. I became an uncle. Burr, 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 my uncle. Amaya Yen Waters is out. Uh, my brother and his wife, Tam. Uh, Tam Waters, Emmanuel Waters, just had a freaking baby. And this freaking baby, she she, 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 try, she she puts up the middle finger a lot for a child who's only like, you know, 10 days old. But it's just dope seeing seeing life, you know. And my lady made this good point where she goes, it's crazy how when you see a baby come into this world, you see another life leaving this world, how the circle of life is. So before anybody leaves this world, reach out, say hi, reach out, say I miss you, reach out, say I love you, try to spread love, it's the Brooklyn way. And if you're not from Brooklyn like me, that was quote Biggie Smalls, spread love, because it's the Southern way. And if you're not from the South, if you're from uh, Europe, if you're from Australia, if you're from any of these continents, give love so you can get love back. I'm Jared Waters, I'm signing out, peace and blessings, and many more blessings be unto you. Farewell.